Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into episode 103, Saturday, March 26, 2016. We're here to recap what happened yesterday in the Sweet 16, day two of the Sweet 16, day six overall. And we're going to preview the Elite Eight for you as there are two games tonight and two games tomorrow, and then obviously the Final Four next Saturday. So we're just going to kind of talk about what happened yesterday. There were four I mean, there are two pretty good games out of the four yesterday. Obviously, a couple of blowouts. North Carolina scored 100-something points. It was crazy. Um, we don't have anybody in the show with us right now. Jonathan Wagner is not here. Here on, you're on CLNS Radio. My name is Simo Buckets. Uh, through the SeatGeek Studios, if you'd like to call in, the phone number is 323-642-1558 is the number. If you'd like to call in and be a part of the show, and, uh, and conversate about the March Madness that happened yesterday. Again, there were some uh, incredible games. I mean, obviously, Syracuse, Gonzaga, we'll get into that more. Wisconsin, Notre Dame, un- I mean, some some seriously great games. Not not the greatest of all games, but, I mean, some unbelievable games nonetheless. North Carolina destroyed Indiana, but we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. We'll also get into the NBA a little bit, just kind of give you a rundown of what happened. Uh, and then we'll get on out of here and, and let you get back to your lives. Uh, episode 103. I mean, think about it. We're, we're going to do a Saturday show today, and then tomorrow, same thing, same show. Sunday, same time, and then back to Monday, same time, and then we won't have any more weekend shows for a while. A show update. I, personally, am getting a new job. Um, I will be working days, and while working days, I will be, you know, I will be, be able to do the show later, which will be at a more normal time, not 12 p.m., you know, during the day. I'll be able to do my show sometime at night, 7.30, 8 o'clock Eastern p.m., and that will all take place sometime around when the playoffs begin for the NBA. Um, I would expect that to make be a change sometime near the final week of the regular season, the week before the playoffs begin. Uh, so stay tuned for more updates when it comes to that information. If you'd like to check out the YouTube video channel, please do so. Uh, uh, the Hooper's Log, again, we are here. Uh, if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, we're here uh, for CLNS Radio through the SeatGeek Studios. Again, my name is Simo Buckets. Uh, uh, SeatGeek Studios, 323-642-1558. Again, like I said, four games in college basketball last night. Incredible stuff. The world of the NBA is rocking. It's going crazy. 
and, and here we go. We're going to start it off first with the Sweet 16, the final four games that happened. Uh, the final, not the final four, but the last four games in the Sweet 16 happened yesterday on Friday. And we're here to recap it for you and talk about them as we get going here on the Hoopers Live. Let's get it going. Let's show you. All right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. The first game of the four games in the last four Sweet 16 games on Friday for day six of the tournament. Uh, there were a couple of blowouts. The one seed's clearly dominating uh, this tournament so far to this point. Clearly, these last two days, the one seeds have absolutely throttled opponents. And who would have thought that it would have been, you know, Iowa State, who would have thought that they would have only scored 71 points in this ball game? Virginia putting the clamps down as Iowa State only can, only can shoot 39% from the floor, or excuse me, from, from three-point land, which is not bad. It's not It's not good, but it's not bad. But Iowa State also shot 52% from the field, and they still were held to 71 points. Any of that attributing to 11 turnovers that Iowa State had, granted, and also Iowa State did not play very well, very good team basketball compared to Virginia in scoring and uh, getting 26 assists by Virginia. That is that is incredible in college basketball. 26 assists, adding it up, that is a, that is un, that is an unbelievable stat. At that clip. Also, Virginia did not shoot the ball well from three-point land. They they just got the ball and they found ways to get to the rim and found ways to distribute at a high clip. Twenty-six assists, twenty-four rebounds, and the field goal percentage was fifty-six percent. They had thirty-two out of they made thirty-two out of fifty-seven shots. This team was uh, was absolutely incredible. Definition of a one seed on Friday night as they laid the throttle down on Iowa State, getting the victory. And they just played clean, efficient basketball. Didn't turn the ball over. Only had eight turnovers in a 40-minute ball game. That's one every one every five minutes. That's that's an outstanding clip in the world of college basketball. Where Iowa State at 11, but at the end of the day, Virginia just pulled away, found a way to get it done, and really get the victory. Uh, you know, George's Nang Yang for uh, Iowa State, 30 points on 50 on a little over 50% shooting, 55, uh, 60% shooting from the field. In four assists, eight rebounds. This guy absolutely dominated in this ball game. I mean, he absolutely killed it. Thirty points is incredible. I mean, it's. I mean, thirty points in a college basketball game is absolutely incredible. I mean, out of forty minutes, and for the amount of points that are distributed, this guy was on, on his game last night. But outside of his performance, the rest of the team scored forty-one points. You're not going to win ball games when the rest of your team is not doing anything. And you're not going to be able to win a game. I mean, it's just it's just not going to happen. I mean, 30 points and then the rest scores 41. Yeah, you're not going to win doing that. Um, they had a couple other guys on their team also only score, you know, 10 and 12. Uh, Morris and Thomas, both guys could not quite do anything when it came to uh, when it came to their stat line. This this game was uh, was heavily dominated by Virginia as they found a way to just just keep keep in front, never let go, and ultimately dominate the ball game. The way they get the victory. Now they're going to go on and play in the Elite Eight starting tomorrow. On Sunday, they will be playing in the Elite Eight. We're going to talk about two of the games today that happened. Uh, both, both, all four of the wins that happened on Thursday are here today on on Saturday, and we'll talk about those games here later on. But Virginia is going to be in a spot on Friday to compete. Or excuse me, in a spot on Sunday to compete for a Final Four bid, and clearly they deserve so after getting a big-time win over Iowa State, 84-71. Wisconsin and Notre Dame was the second of the of the four games, and Notre Dame just came out and, and just and just wanted it more. I mean, and, and Wisconsin, as I told you, was going to struggle from the field, and eventually it was going to happen, and they did. 
And in this ball game, they weren't horrible. Again, not horrible. Both teams weren't were very good from the field. Both teams shot around 40% from the field, 30% from three. Nothing outlandish, nothing crazy. The difference was, was Wisconsin just couldn't keep, couldn't keep their hands on the basketball. 17 turnovers. You're not going to win a ball game having 17 turnovers. Duke stole the – I mean, excuse me, Notre Dame stole the ball 10 times. I mean, they had six blocks, uh, 13 assists for Notre Dame, 11 for Wisconsin. This is a relatively even basketball game. Obviously, when you win by five points in the NCAA tournament, it's going to be an even ball game. And it was really close down the stretch, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, with 17 turnovers, you're not going to win a ball game in that clip. I mean, when, you, when both teams do the exact same thing, Notre Dame can get to the line uh, 14 times or 14 games. Oh, excuse me, 14 just. Excuse me. Notre Dame can get to the get to the free throw line for 14 attempts to six. It's another outlandish stat. I mean, think about it. Wisconsin only had six free throws in this game. Six. I, I want you to fathom that. Look, there's a 40 minute basketball game. You only you only shoot six free throws and you only make four of them. If you would have got to the line as often as Notre Dame got to the line yesterday, you win the ball game. It's that simple. Look, maybe they don't maybe they don't make all their free throws, but if you go to the line 14 times compared to six. You're gonna find a way. You're gonna find a way to win a ball game when you're only when you lose by five. So, honestly, if they cut down on their turnovers, they cut them in half. They cut it to like nine or ten to what Notre Dame had, and they found a way to get to the free throw more off, fourth free throw line more often. I think Wisconsin would have won this ball game. It, I mean, it was really that close of a game. Nitpicking, I'm nitpicking to the highest of standards. I mean, you're looking at a Notre Dame team that found a way to really, uh, really methodically beat a Wisconsin team who's used to methodically beating other teams, and that's their brand of basketball. And Notre Dame did that to them. Kudos to Notre Dame, another ACC team that is in the uh, in in the suite in the excuse me in the Elite Eight. There are now how many teams from the ACC in? There are three teams now, or excuse me, think about this: the entire right side of the bracket is ACC. Syracuse, Virginia, Notre Dame, and North Carolina. Just think about that. Think about how incredible that is. Four teams from the ACC are in the Elite Eight. It is an incredible stat, and, and guaranteed are going to be two teams in the Final Four for the NCAA tournament. So you got to give props to Notre Dame where props are due. They definitely played their brand of basketball getting it done over Wisconsin, 61-56. Gonzaga. Syracuse. This was definitely game of the day, no doubt about it. This was one of those games that you you sit back and you watch and you recognize that maybe the out of bounds call late for those of you watching might have been wrong from the standpoint of it wasn't. It shouldn't have been Gonzaga basketball. Syracuse should have got the ball back and ultimately sealed the deal. But ultimately, when Gonzaga got the ball back, they missed their shot. Syracuse got the ball back, hit their free throws, and they won. And, and they won 63-60. to 60. I mean, this was one of those games where, I mean, you can talk about it all day long about which way it could have gone and who would have won and what would have happened. Uh, Wilt Jura had 23 points for Gonzaga. Uh, Syracuse was uh, Syracuse was pretty outstanding as well. Uh, they had uh, Ob-Jinobli. Ob- 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 How do you say that name? Uh Jabin Benji, I think it's J- Benji, 20 points, three assists, four rebounds. Fantastic game for him uh, as he decided to really carry Syracuse on his back late in this one. Um, it just, and Baby Sabonis had 19 points, 17 rebounds. I mean, you talk about a guy who is out there 
getting boards and just stacking it up. I mean, that is an unbelievable game. 17 rebounds in any league is incredible, especially in the NCAA tournament. So kudos to both these teams, honestly. This was the, this was the Cinderella game, and it was the best game of the night. Most competitive, most entertaining, most uh, – you name it. I mean, this was a classic. This was an instant classic in Zaga and Syracuse. There's no other way to put it. I mean, there's really no other way to describe how this game ended. I mean, really the only difference in this game, and if Gonzaga would have just cleaned up their turnovers, again, 15 turnovers. That was kind of the, the story last night. All the teams that lost either didn't turn the ball over or weren't aggressive enough. Wisconsin was not aggressive enough last night. That's why they lost in Notre Dame. Gonzaga and, uh, Gonzaga and Iowa State, they just could not hold on to the basketball. They both they, they just shot fine. I mean, 38% from the three-point line is not great. But Syracuse only shot 33% from the free throw line. I mean, excuse me, three-point line. And Syracuse shot poorly from the field, 36%. You know, that's not great from the field at all by any means. They did shoot 14 of 16 from the free throw line. Gonzaga only got to the free throw line five times. So there was a big difference there. But Gonzaga heavily out-rebounded Syracuse. They heavily outplayed. I mean, they, they outplayed them by a lot. I mean, a lot. The only difference was that zone for Syracuse. And they found a way to get to the free throw line. That's how Syracuse got this game, and that's really what the story has been for this for this program for the last thirty plus years of Jim Behan. It's just how they've been. And unfortunately, if, if Gonzaga would have just found a way to hold on to the basketball and find a way to keep it in their possession a little bit more, maybe they eke out a sixty to fifty eight victory or something of that nature. Um, Fifteen turnovers won't get it done ever. And the only reason Syracuse got it done was because they had their athletic players take advantage of the circumstances that they had, and they took care of the basketball, and they won the ball game in a very, in a very, I'd say, just ball possession type manner. And down the stretch, they made the shots needed, they made the plays needed to get the victory, and Syracuse got the win. And now they'll be in the Elite Eight. Who knows? If we see Syracuse in the Final Four, will it be the greatest? You know, will it be the greatest Cinderella story ever? No, 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 it won't be because Syracuse is not a true number 10 seed are they I mean clearly clearly they did not deserve to be in the tournament so they deserve to be a 10 seed but the problem is is that they're still talented and they still have length and ability and with how their their style their style of play fits the tournament that you you almost can't deny that they could go far with very little talent just based upon their just I mean not that they can, not that they won't have any talent and they won't get far if they don't have talent but the thing is is that considering the style of play that they use they can play some pretty good teams, and they can beat them just based upon their aggress- their their aggressiveness and their talent alone. Just because of the fact that they can find a way to ultimately they can find a way to ultimately get it done uh, when necessary, and they did. And Syracuse found a way to ultimately eke out a victory against Gonzaga, a big time victory for them. Gonzaga season ends, but Syracuse keeps moving on, 63 to 60. Since Syracuse gets the victory. North Carolina, Indiana, and this was fascinating. This game was absolutely fascinating. I kept tabs on this one throughout the night, and I'm going to tell you this. I, I expected UNC to win, but I didn't expect it to be this close. I, I, I this, Excuse me, this, this much of a blowout. This was uh, absolute domination by, by UNC, and it was all because they shot the ball well from the field, and, and Indiana just had an off night. Indiana got to the line 26 times yesterday. Uh, North Carolina got to the line 33 times. Uh, both teams shot pretty well from the th- from the free throw line, but Indiana, they, they every time they, they 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 approached the basket, they could not finish. And even if they got to the free throw line, they could not finish. And and North Carolina always found ways to finish. 50 per 55 percent from three, 51 percent from the field, only nine turnovers, 20 assists. 
This was this was just a pure domination effort by by North Carolina. 101 points to 86 for North Carolina, getting it done against Indiana, and that's really the the, the epitome of how this ball game played itself out. I mean, you look at you look at North Carolina and how they won this ball game. It, it was just sheer domination. And and I and I was I mean, Jonathan Wagner and I were sitting here telling you guys, you know, yesterday on the show on episode 102 for Friday. We're sitting here telling you, look, this is going to be the most, one of the most entertaining games of the night from the standpoint of both teams have very similar styles. They attack the rim. They play team basketball. They have a couple of guys who are going to be NBA players here in the next year or so. And you've got a circumstance where you can see both these teams, if they win, going to the, going to the NCAA championship game, potentially even winning it all. Now, will they? I don't think so. I think there's a couple of teams playing today that I think have a better chance of winning it all, obviously in Oklahoma and Kansas. But when it came to the non-Final Four uh, competitiveness, Duke and Indiana was the game. And Indi- and North Carolina – excuse me, excuse me. North Carolina and Indiana was the game. I mean, North Carolina absolutely handed it to Indiana, 101-86. to just, And it wasn't even that close. This game was a 20-point game the whole game. And, and North Carolina just held their stride, held their dominance, and just kind of played, you know, you know tit for tat with Indiana – uh, down the stretch at the end of the ballgame because it was that far they were that far ahead. So kudos to North Carolina getting the victory. Who knows? We could see them in the NCAA championship at this point. We really could. I mean, look, Notre Dame's going to play. Notre Dame's, Notre Dame's going to play North Carolina. North Carolina should win that game. But let's just say, I don't think it'll happen, but let's say Syracuse goes on to the Final Four. Uh, North Carolina could beat them. Even Virginia could lose to North Carolina. And Virginia's not one of the best Final Four, or excuse me, what number one teams we've ever seen. We could see North Carolina beat Virginia and get to the national championship game. And who's to say that a team like Kansas, Villanova, Oregon, Oklahoma, they they could have a tough time against a team like North Carolina in the tournament in the championship game. I mean, North Carolina could pull it out. They could. And and, and after a win like this over Indiana, maybe they're more than poised and more than wet ready to get to the national championship game and do what they're supposed to do. And that is win championships. That is what North Carolina is all about. Winning titles, being competitive, being an unbelievable program and that's what they have the opportunity to do. So with this win over Indiana again, one hundred and one to eighty-six, getting it done, you can't you can't give them enough praise and, and understand just how incredible this organization is, or at least this program is, when it comes to uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels getting the victory there. So those are your games from the Sweet Sixteen from last night. Again, domination by the by the better by the one seeds throughout the entire Sweet Sixteen. I mean, Oregon dominated Duke. Virginia dominated Iowa State. North Carolina dominated Indiana. Then you had then you had Kansas absolutely manhandle Maryland in the second half of that ball game. I mean, you saw some dominating games by the one seeds over the Sweet 16 on Thursday and Friday. And today, it wouldn't shock me anymore. <laughs> Oklahoma could beat Oregon. I think that's going to happen. I honestly think that's going to be the only two seed in the tournament because I think Virginia or in the in the, in the, in the final four. Oklahoma and Oregon should be the best game out of this week, out of this weekend. I think Syracuse Virginia is going to be fun. North Carolina Notre Dame is going to be fun, but that's just an ACC matchup right there. In in that, you know, realistically, what's going to happen now for the final for for the elite for the sweet excuse me for the elite eight tomorrow at least on Sunday, it's going to be basically an ACC tournament all the way up until the championship for them. Whoever wins out of those four teams is going to make it to the NCAA championship, and they're going to represent the ACC. Well, you have the Big East, the Big 12, the Pac-12, 
those are the four. Those are the, th- the the four teams represented. You know, the three conferences represented in the other league. So there's four conferences representing to go to the final four, and they all could. You never know. Uh, uh, represent. Uh, you know their conferences going in. So it's, it's you got a lot. You got a lot at stake, obviously, here in the Elite Eight starting today, as Oklahoma and Oregon will kick it off or, or tip it off at three o'clock Pacific, six p.m. Pacific on CBS, a huge game there. I think Oklahoma's going to get the victory. Look, I like Oregon. I think they're an unbelievable team. They have great athletes. They could definitely dominate Oklahoma, but with the way Buddy Heald's been playing and the way that team's been playing overall over the last month or so, I I have to give it to Oklahoma. They have been a team, uh, really, in my opinion, a destiny. They have found a way to get, to get as far as they have. And I think they're going to, they're going to upset Oregon and find a way to get from that, get to the, uh, the final four for next Saturday. I think it'll happen. Villanova, Kansas, look, Kansas is the best team in the nation, period. And would I be shocked if Villanova beat them? No, not at all. But Kansas has been the best team in the in the Big 12 all season long. And that's the, one of the best conferences, if not the best conference in all basketball. I think the ACC currently is the best. Because clearly, they have four teams representing in the, in the, uh, in the Elite Eight, which is just ridiculous. Um, but Villanova and Kansas is going to be a great game, too. But Kansas should be able to pull it out. And I think they're going to go on and play Oklahoma – in a Final Four game, which I think everyone is waiting to see a rematch for that from what happened in January. Obviously, one of the great, the, probably the greatest game of this decade. To be honest with you, the greatest game this decade we'll see a triple overtime between one and two. I think that could happen. I don't think that'll happen again. But can you imagine the drama if those two teams did that and played to that level of style again in April for the Final Four? That is that is what we're all waiting. And it could potentially happen if those two teams win. We'll preview the games for you for the ACC tomorrow in the morning on on uh, Sunday, March 27th, uh, for episode 104. We'll preview those for you tomorrow, and it's all ACC for tomorrow's game. So we'll figure all that for you as time moves forward. Let's get into the NBA a little bit before we get out of here. We're only going to do a half an hour show today. We're about eight minutes left in the show. If you're listening live, feel free to call in. Uh, the phone number is three two three six four two. One five five eight is the number. If you'd like to call in and talk about uh, the world of college basketball, and also talk about the NBA, if you'd like to do so. Last night, an unbelievable game between Minnesota and Washington. As Minnesota gets the victory over Washington, Washington has now lost two in a row since getting back to five hundred. Double overtime for Minnesota, one thirty-two to one twenty-nine. Game of the night by far. Look, Minnesota is not going anywhere this season, and I think we're starting to see Washington start to fade from the picture. But with what Minnesota did last night in, score, in scoring 113, now don't get me wrong, it was double overtime. A lot of points were put up. A lot of time was put into this game. Obviously, when you when you go to double overtime, you're bound to see some crazy stat lines. But 100, I mean, look at look at this. Look at these stat lines from last night. Carl Anthony Towns, 27 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. From a rookie who's done what he's done. Zach Levine had 25 points. Uh, you know, you had guys like freaking Bradley Beal, 26 points. John Wall, 16 assists with 22 points. Just just incredible stat lines from these guys last night. Obviously, in you know, a very competitive basketball game. And I think we're starting to see a team, like I said, we're starting to see a team like the Washington Wizards start to fade. And I think at this point, looking at the standings in the Eastern Conference, you have three teams there. Well, now, in my opinion, I think Milwaukee's out. There's about 10 games to go. Milwaukee does not have a chance of getting in. Washington, Chicago, and Detroit, all of those teams now, especially Chicago and, and Washington, now 
are about three games back in the in the in the law in the win column behind Detroit. And with that being said, Detroit only being you know two and a half games or two games up on Chicago, but three games up in the win column with about nine eight games to go, it becomes increasingly more difficult as now both those teams, Chicago and Washington, have lost two in a row. Milwaukee's not going to make it. They've lost four in a row. They're not going to get in. It's it, they're nine games back. It's not going to happen. Um, but in the Eastern Conference, you're starting to see it shape itself out. And I'm more than stunned to see a team like Chicago not make it. I think that will be the most disappointing uh, end of the season you could possibly have in Chicago as this team clearly needs to just be blown up. It just needs to happen. I mean, if you see a team like Chicago who has all the talent in the world not make the postseason, you got a lot of problems. And I know I know, Oklahoma City didn't make the playoffs last year, but clearly – they didn't have their MVP in Kevin Durant. Everyone's like, oh, you said Kevin Durant's MVP. Yeah, he won an MVP in 2014, people. Before the explosion of Steph Curry, Kevin Durant was the best player on the planet for one season. He definitely was. And for people to not acknowledge that is a joke. But anyway, the point is, is Chicago would be the most end-of-the-season disappointment if they didn't get in. And in the West, like I've said, Utah and Dallas and Houston are all duking it out for that last playoff spot uh, for one spot left. And right now, Utah and Dallas are tied for that eighth spot in the West. So it's going to be a crazy coming down the stretch here. The final week, a couple of weeks in the NBA, uh, expect some serious insanity as, uh, as as we keep moving forward here in the world of basketball. So the Golden State Warriors, I believe they won again last night, if I'm not mistaken, uh, on the scoreboard. They played again. Uh, they they beat the Denver. They beat the Dallas Mavericks 128 to 120, 65 and seven. Think about that, 65-7. and seven. Now all they got to do is go 8-2, and two, their final 10 games, and they break the record. That, and that's completely feasible. I mean, who's to say they can't win eight out of their next 10 games? I mean, if you don't think that's possible, I think you're out of your mind with the team's done all season. I mean, they've lost seven games all year, and I know that two of those games are against the Spurs, and don't get me wrong, I think they're going to lose one of those games against the Spurs. But they can't slip up. They really, I mean, realistically, they cannot slip up the rest of the way. Spurs also beat the Memphis Grizzlies last night, one ten to one hundred four, and and in their seventy two games, they're sixty one and eleven. The Spurs could win. The Spurs could win seventy games this year, people. They could easily, just as easily, and I don't think they'll they'll, they'll sweep the, the the Warriors all the way through. But they could lose a game to the Warriors, and they'll be seventy and twelve at the end of the season. We're looking at, I'm telling you, we're looking at two of the most historic teams in NBA history. And the Golden State Warriors and San Antonio Spurs from 2015-2016, I don't know any other way to put it other than to say that this is one of the more unbelievable seasons when it comes to the top teams in the NBA. And they're just absolutely running away with the pack. I'm telling you, this Western Conference Finals is going to be incredible. Let's just recap the rest of the scores before we get out of here. Detroit beats uh, Charlotte 112-105, to getting their 39th victory this season. Like I said, now they're three wins up on Chicago. Big time win there for them. Miami at now 42-30, and beating, beating Orlando. 108 to 97, a big time win there as they keep moving forward in the standings in the Eastern Conference. Atlanta Hawks another victory, 43 and 30 now as they win 101 to 90 over Milwaukee. Milwaukee put in the books; they're not making the postseason. Definitely another a disappointing season for the Milwaukee Bucks. I think they're only going to get better though as time moves forward with their young team. Houston ekes out a win over Toronto, a huge victory for Houston, 36 and 37. Like I said, about a half game up over Dallas and Utah finding ways to stay relevant in the Western Conference. A big-time victory for them as they beat the Toronto Raptors, who are trying to find a way to get to that one spot in the West. 
Uh, James Harden, 32 points, uh, 11 rebounds, 13 assists, another triple-double for him, a big-time victory for the Houston Rockets as they win 112-109. to Like I said, Spurs beat the Memphis Grizzlies 110-104. to The greatest, tied for the greatest start, a home start in NBA history at 37-0 and at home. Think about that. 37 or 36-0 and at home. It's it's magical, and people talk about the Golden State Warriors and how great they are. No, you got to look at the Spurs. They're 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 crazy good at home right now. It's just nuts. Kings beat the Suns one sixteen to ninety four. Demarcus Cousins is going to look get his foot looked at, um, and get his get his body looked at for uh, some injuries. He's apparently he's had some injuries over the last couple of years that we don't know about, but he's been getting he need to get something looked at there. Denver beats the Lakers one one sixteen to one hundred five, and like I said, Golden State beats Dallas one twenty eight to one twenty. Tonight's games in the NBA quite a bit of games, obviously on a Saturday. Uh, there's no major game uh, on national TV tonight. Obviously, uh, Spurs and Oklahoma City Thunder is a big one. It's a huge game from up the perspective of, you know, obviously both teams fighting for big-time spots in the West. The Spurs 61-11, Oklahoma City 15-22. That is your game to watch tonight. 76ers in Portland, Boston Celtics and Suns, Charlotte Hornets and Milwaukee Bucks, Jazz. A lot of crappy games, to be honest with you. Hawks and Pistons is a huge game. Um those are really the two games, Hawks and Pistons and Spurs and Oklahoma City Thunder. So that's really what you got to look forward to outside of the final or the, the Elite Eight games tonight in the world of basketball. We're, we're coming down the stretch in the season. It is rolling. It is rolling, rolling, rolling here on the Hoopers Log. Episode 103 is in the books. Episode 104 will be tomorrow, same time, same place. Hopefully we can get Jonathan or Andrew on the show so we can recap what has happened in the Elite Eight in college basketball so far and in the NBA. Episode 103 in the book, episode 104, tomorrow, same time, same place, on a Sunday, Easter Sunday edition of the Hoopers Log. We will get you uh, locked and loaded for the show. Again, another quick 30-minute show today. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll also find a way to get you started on Monday and talk about the tournament and talk about what's going on in the world of the NBA. Thank you again, everybody, for, for listening. Have a fantastic day. Enjoy the basketball. It's going to be unbelievable. Go watch them, kids. Have a good one, people.